Hello, welcome back to Man Overboard Podcast. Um, episode 14. We've had a little two-week break. I've been rather busy. Been gallivanting around the world. Around the you? world, seeing well, the Arctic Monkeys and many other great bands. Very but nice. while I've been away and I've been on my phone and, and looking around the internet, and I'm sure that every podcast in the world has covered this in the last few weeks, but the number one trend right now is Mr. Andrew Tate. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Andrew Tate is? What I, was your first experience seeing Tate? My first experience seeing Tate, I think it was on, you know how YouTube has the YouTube short section. Mm-hmm. So it was one of his BS content farm channels where it's just clips of him saying shit from different podcasts or his own podcast or whatever the hell that that room that he sits in with his cigar is where he has the woman yeah. massaging him. Um, and it was just, I think it was him discussing how men shouldn't buy women things and that it shouldn't be an expected thing and like proper, it felt... It wasn't the deep end of Andrew Tate, so it was kind of like, okay, this guy's a misogynist, right, whatever, brush it off. And then, like, weeks later, I started to get more suggested to me in my YouTube shorts when he starts to talk about, like, women being a possession and they can't come out with you to the club. And and, and then I started to go down, okay, this guy's a fucking degenerate. Um, so I think... I think my initial thoughts of him was, okay, this guy's not good. And then as it went on, you know, you start to unravel and go, okay, yeah, he's an absolute scumbag. Yeah, I feel that. It's really weird for me, actually, because I actually saw him a few weeks ago. Like, not even weeks, sorry, a few months ago. I seen him on TikTok. Like, he was blowing up on TikTok for a while before, like, everyone seems to think he's just blown up in the last few weeks. But I've been seeing him for months on mm-hmm. my feeds. Mm-hmm. And, and apparently as well, well, not even apparently, he's been trying to get famous for years. Like he went on Big Brother in 2018. He was on another TV show in the UK at one point before that as well. And he's clearly been chased at chasing fame because he's been doing YouTube for so many years. Like he'll say, literally, I've seen so many clips of him saying, I'm not one of these internet guys. I'm not one of these guys trying to get famous, but you've had a YouTube channel for years mm-hmm. and you've been on like multiple TV shows, but you're not trying to get famous, mm-hmm. no? Mm-hmm. I think I think his, his niche is getting famous through controversy. Mm. I think he doesn't, he couldn't care less if... People were watching him to hate watch or to watch him because they're a fan of him. I think he just wants the numbers. He doesn't, you know, yeah. he doesn't really give a shit if it's because he's offended. So, in fact, I think sometimes he goes out of his way to offend people with his content, especially more recent shit leading on to what happened to him, um, because it then spurs people up into a frenzy to then send it to their mates and their mates will get a load of this dickhead, and then the mates will watch it and they'll come over and they'll send it to their mates, and then it kind of bundles into like a ball of hate, but. It's all views at the end of the day. It's, you know, Andrew Tate's getting what he wanted and his, like, celebrity status is arguably achieved. Not celebrity, but internet I'd say right now on the internet, he is one of the biggest names. Mm -hmm. Like, if I ask anyone that is on any social media on a regular basis, they all know who he is. And to say it's someone that had, like, no real, like, rise, it's not like a YouTuber who slowly built the way up. He just, like, exploded and now he's massive and everyone knows him. One of the weirdest things for me is, like... How many reputable like platforms he's been on? Like he's been on some of the biggest podcasts in the world. He streamed with some of the biggest streamers in the world. After saying all this mad shit, like if I was one of those people, I wouldn't risk having him on. No, no chance. But again, I think because he was on XQC stream, that was a big one. Yeah. Where, is, where that Adin, is that Adin? Or, I know he's on Adin Ross's. I don't know. Is, that, is XQC like the Swedish dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. on the same, same stream. Same, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you could tell from that the reason that they had Andrew Tate on was because he's a big name at the moment and they wanted to go in and argue against him, which sides with Andrew Tate using his controversy to then get leverage into getting into these platforms because you've got all these... I want to say do-gooders, but people that aren't complete knobheads who want to, like, put out there how much of a dickhead this guy is and they want to show people these are his comments and this is how I'm going to refute it and this is how I'm going to go back at him for it. So it kind of works to Andrew Tate's favour to get onto the... And, and people want him on because it's it's in their favour as well because, oh, we've just had Andrew Tate on. Oh, shit, what did he say on that podcast? Mm. I need to watch that. Yeah, like, the the podcast itself will blow up as well. One thing that's kind of worrying, like... I actually have some friends and I've seen so many people online who actually agree with a lot of the things he says. Maybe not about... I think the problem with Tate is, and I think he's been so smart in the way he's marketed himself, he's done it in a sense of... He said some things that actually kind of make sense. Like, he said some things that aren't that controversial, which have also gone viral along with the controversial stuff. So people will see, like, a a, a massive amount of different clips and think, oh, well, some of the stuff he says is all right. I might not agree with that. I might not agree with that, but some of it's okay. But I think that he's just done that on purpose so people don't, like, fully hate him. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. they just think he's like entertaining and like he might be saying this stuff for a bit of like for a bit of heightened exposure or for a bit of banter but for me like and it's clear that he's been doing these things for years as well there's videos of him slapping women online like a lot of people debate whether that was like foreplay or something like that but slapping women about in your bedroom online he's been investigated for human trafficking at the minute again people are going to debate it but a lot of the people that are debating these are also people that are trying to sell that hustlers university and a part of the pyramid scheme that he's built which he must be making absolute bank from mm-hmm. at the minute Big time. like how much is it i think it's 50 quid a month uh-huh. yeah and, and think how many people signed up jesus christ i think he's trying to go for that like you're saying he's trying to he's trying to mix up the amount of information that he gives out from being unbelievably really far right wing and out there like statements that you'd go no way am i agreeing with that to stuff where it's so generalized that it does kind of not not brainwashes you but tricks people into thinking oh no he's actually onto something there and i think it's it's kind of like that alpha sigma male kind of mentality and i think there's a, there's there's a very big audience for that amongst like uh, i don't want to say incels but you, you know how i mean the, the alpha male type people the the people that think they're like above everybody else and oh i i take who i want to take and i can do it and then once andrew tate some, says something becomes an echo chamber of yeah i agree with that guy we shouldn't be listening to women they're stupid and all that and then it just becomes this big ball of fucking fury i also think i, I it's weird because like the people that i know that have like 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 stuck up for him when he's been cancelled in the last few weeks. Or not cancelled, deplatformed. I should I should say because he's not been cancelled. He's still like very much relevant. Um, it's like people who I wouldn't have expected to as a number one, but also I, I think he's got he's tricked people. Do you know people that are kind of upset with how the left wing has taken over in a way? Do you know with like people that might be slightly racist or slightly homophobic or slightly misogynist themselves? Like not to like a crazy level, but this has kind of been an outlet for them to say, oh, well, no, look at this guy. He's saying this. I agree with this guy. Let's make him one of the biggest people. Like they're not going to come out and say, like obviously to be fair, Tate hasn't said anything homophobic to my knowledge. Like I've not seen anything like that. But I think it's people's kind of outlet of... I'm kind of pissed off with how far things are going one way and this guy's completely on the other side. So maybe people should listen to him a little bit more and that's why he's gone so viral. I, I feel like he's he's kind of, it sounds weird to say, but it's like he's taken lessons from Trump. Do, do you know how I mean? In in the way that he's 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 very, some of the statements he makes are so out there, like Trump's statements of let's build a wall. And it was like, okay, that's that's obviously next level. But there are people out there that agreed with it. And it really and, and those people then are really tied into it because they're like, nobody else is saying this batshit stuff. I really agree with this guy. But then they also have a certain level of stuff that you go, okay, that makes sense. More jobs for people and stuff like that. Well, obviously it's not relatable between the two, yeah. but giving very generic statements that then get more people to side with you but then solidify that audience you've got on the really far side that are just so out there that you just yeah. think i've got to admit like i'm i'm not a fan of tate but i think he's done a fantastic job of marketing like the way he's done it is crazy because so, he's wh- got he's got those uh channels on youtube um where they post clips for him and initially it was thought that these channels were you know, just fanboys. Like, there's, like, Tate's arena and, like, uh, the mind of Tate and, like, all these... There's, like, 10 or 12 of them. Um, and it turned out people looked into it and it's actually people that Andrew Tate pays to generate this content. So then he's got, like, more channels. Obviously, you can only mute a certain amount of channels. You keep muting them, but they're going to keep popping up and it's always going to feed into the algorithm and it's just getting more people to talk about him. And he might not make revenue through those streams, but... He's getting notoriety, which is, you know, what he's after. Yeah, so to me, kind of the overall picture is, I, I don't think he pays them directly, but so he's got this Hustlers University, which is effectively like an online program for people to uh, like go in and learn skills to make money, etc. People have seen these on the internet for so many years. Like I remember when I was younger, I used to get YouTube ads and stuff all the time. And it'd be this big bloke saying, right, I've worked out the way to live happily. You can earn five grand a month doing this. It's not the first time that someone's done this. It's just the first time that someone's kind of blown up like at the same time as doing it. And the reason that he makes so much money and the so like especially on TikTok, the amount of accounts that post clips of him is crazy. So once you're in Hustlers University, if you, you get an affiliate link, if you put that in your bio, every person that signs up for 50 quid a month through that, you get 25 quid. 
Right. So these accounts, some of them will be making absolute money off of this because if they're getting clips that are getting millions of views only takes 0.1 percent of those to go through and actually even just get a month and mm-hmm. you're making thousands of pounds mm-hmm. so he's done that and then that's made it blow up on every single platform because then there's been like different people popping up doing different channels and clips and etc like absolutely rimming him just so they can make the money but then at the same time it's kind of created an echo effect where that has meant that a lot of the people that actually have signed up to this like Hustlers University thing have ended up making some money from it because they've just been an affiliate. But that's exactly what makes it a pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a trickle down economy yeah. essentially where the one at the top's getting the most money, then these are getting some good money. And then as you get right down to the bottom, you're not making any money. You're just posting clips for the sake of posting mm-hmm. clips. And one of the things that people don't know as well, once you sign up to this Hustlers University, because I've seen some people that have like gone through it, Tate isn't even really on there. Like, it's like there's lessons on, like, dropshipping and copywriting and stuff. And and it's just, like, people with, like, not like him at all. Just mm-hmm. like, like, you know, like, you'd imagine someone just doing a video lesson saying, this is how you copyright, this is what you do. If you want to do it, reach out to, like, companies or set up a website. That's what you do. So it's not like that alpha male thing isn't even carried across the whole thing, but he's just tricked people into like, if you want to be an alpha male, if you want to like live free and earn as much money as me, you got to sign up to this. And I've even seen clips of him saying like, oh, and if people are dropping out, that's their problem. Must not be a real man if they're not sticking in. If they're not making money, it's because they're not man enough to go in and learn enough to make that money, which is just such a shitty way of doing things. And then, because then you you put in the mindset on the people that aren't making money to think if they were going to drop out, they go, oh shit, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I'm not committing, I need to commit hard. And then they're doing more stuff, which in turn is helping Tate out, but still won't see any returns on their part. And And I think a lot of the people that sign up initially must have been pretty like self-conscious anywhere. Like, do you know if they're thinking, like if they're seeing these clips and they're actually thinking, oh yeah, maybe I should be like more of a man and I should be working harder and I should be doing this. They've kind of already taken advantage of them getting them to join in the first place. Mm -hmm. But then... The fact that they're also using the same tactics to get them to stay, saying, well, if you're not making enough money, you're not trying hard enough. It's probably actually leading, like, some people are probably really upset about it. You know, like, if it's just a random 18-year-old, 19-year-old that's seen it on TikTok and signed up for it and thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to make money now, I'm going to be like Tate, and they haven't, probably made the mental even worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they start to think, oh, maybe I am a failure. Maybe mm. I'm, yeah, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm not supposed to be a man or whatever. Mm. And it's it's toxic masculinity, essentially, is what it mm. is, where it's just way too OTT in every kind of regard that he does. Um, but there's, there's, there's also a lot of debate online now that he's been deplatformed, not cancelled, deplatformed, that... It's the, there's a couple of caveats on that. There's one that we'll touch on, which is obviously what does that mean for the general landscape. But then just you know going on to the side of all of these hardcore fans, what's going to happen now is he's been taken off social media. So the only place that you're going to be able to access him is perhaps through a personal site, you know, AndrewTate.com. I don't I don't really know how it's set up, and he's then going to end up with all these people that go, I still want to watch Andrew Tate. I'm gonna I'm gonna click through and I'm gonna go to there. They end up signing up to this shit. They're watching all these videos. There's no comment section. There's n- nothing like that. And all that happens is you then create an echo chamber of all of these people that arguably perhaps aren't bad people, but maybe got caught up in the wrong idea. They're going to then be in this echo chamber of other people that are in the same mindset that are then abusing them. I mean, technically abusing them to, to get more for themselves. Um, and there will be nobody on social media, like the thing with XQC, um, like when he goes on to other people's podcasts where they shut him down and they, you know, they call him out all these tweets where it's a clip of him and you know, the tweet caption is check out this dickhead or whatever. There'll be none of that because all of his content won't be online. So it creates this kind of segregated echo chamber of just grossness. So you know what it reminds me of, it reminds me of, um, Alex Jones. Yes. Completely. Because yeah. like he blew up and he was big at one point and then he ended up getting taken off. But then he had his own radio show and stuff. And if you ever looked at the comment sections on his stuff, it was, oh, well, Jesus Christ. And he ended up like sell, like having his own shops and stuff and mm-hmm. like selling toothpaste because he managed to persuade everyone in his little community that like the toothpaste was bad for you and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's probably going to end up like that. But to be fair, it wouldn't surprise me if he somehow gets back on the platforms. And, and just to put this out there as well, I actually kind of disagree like completely with the deplatforming thing. Mm-hmm. Like I know he said some awful things and and he's under investigation for a lot of crimes, but he's never actually been like proven guilty for anything. Like 
if he ever gets proved guilty for like, I think that he might even be under investigation for more serious crimes than um, human trafficking, which in itself is more serious. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's bad enough. But like, if he got proved guilty, fine, done. But I don't think like, based on what someone says, you should just delete them from the internet. Because I think that that also sets the precedent of, like I was saying earlier, the people that are following him are, are probably already pissed off with the way in which things are going on the internet. And just like in, in general, that's just going to get them even more pissed off and put them into an even like further away from reality place that's not going to be good for anyone. In a little segregated community, exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, they're all going to be like, well, screw Twitter, screw Facebook. I'm not going to stick around here if you can deplatform these people. But then, like you're saying, the argument is he's heavily, I want to say right wing. I know it's not really political, but I would say that he probably has a lot more right wing fans than he does left wing fans because obviously left wing people are a lot more lenient on certain topics and I feel like you have to be somewhat misogynistic or somewhat have a mindset of sorts that leans towards the right uh, to be like that so then the question is at what point do the people that are far left that are giving their opinions online because there's all sorts of like news news outlet channels that aren't actually like you know like drama alert yeah but but Obviously, Drama Alert is more of an entity. I mean, these people that are like single people that obviously they do daily videos where they're talking about stuff that's happening online, giving their opinion on it, saying this person's bad, this person's bad, shitting all over Andrew Tate and all that kind of stuff. Um, will they get banned? Well, because, yeah, okay, which what's right and what's wrong in that regard? If he's, if he's not done anything, uh, yeah, his information's damaging, but if you start to censor certain people... At what point do they start censoring other people, and at what point is free speech? No yeah, it's like where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. Like when she start cancel, like when she start actually deplatforming people, it's very difficult to stop. Did Trump get de- Trump got deleted off Twitter for a bit as well, didn't he? You still love it. That like that's kind of my problem with it though. Like I think, like in a way, it does come back to free speech for me. Like I know you can't say it. like some of the stuff he says has been awful. Like no one should be able to say that women are property, and that if my girlfriend's earning money, then it's my money and she don't get to keep it shit stuff but as you said like people should be able to debate it and yeah like anyone that's on the right and then say well why are these people on the left that are saying these things that i don't agree with not getting deplatformed because that mm-hmm. never happens like I've, i don't think i've ever seen anyone get deplatformed for saying something that's like the general rhetoric mm-hmm. so the fact that it's happened a few times now to these right-wing people is kind of a worrying sign for me because it's the like you say it's the general rhetoric but us, mm. and us being predominantly on the left more than anything. Again, it, it, getting into the political side, but it's not. this isn't really a political issue, it's just the easiest way to explain, yeah. you know, types of people. You've got left-wing and right-wing. And obviously we say it's the general rhetoric of these people agreeing with it, but then obviously there's a whole other side which is completely disagreeing with the stuff that we're agreeing with on our side. So at what point do their voices get heard? If, if we're then the, because how can you say, I, w- I wouldn't be able to tell you for the majority because how social media works is it shows you stuff that you, you want to see. So if you set up a new Twitter account and only interacted with right-wing stuff, you're probably going to get a fuck ton more stuff than you ever even thought existed out there. So it's hard to kind of get an idea in your head of how many people are on one side and how many people are on the other side. So for us to kind of think this is the general idea which then leans into so why can't people on our side get banned if people on the other side can get banned it's a very you know it's like i also think it, it it'll end touchy. up being like a corporate thing mm-hmm. like you know like if you're a social media company some of them are probably thinking well if we don't ban this guy a lot of people are going to come over here i mean he's been banned from every pretty much everything now though he's been banned from facebook instagram and tiktok uh, facebook been- instagram twitter and twitter. then today was tiktok and you youtube is he on youtube still was he ever on YouTube? Yeah, he has was a he? channel. Let me check quickly. But yeah. this is what I mean. Like, now if you're one of these companies and you see all these other companies banning people, you might think, oh, maybe I should just let these people stay on here and we'll ha- end up having more users. And it, But then it, it's just that echo chamber thing because then people are just going to start seeing the same shit. Like, when I've been on TikTok in the last few days, up to we got banned today, I've tried to watch a few of the videos thinking we might discuss this. And the amount that just keep popping up. But then it doesn't just pop up with him. It pops up with all sorts of like these macho men, like better yourself type things that are just B-tech copies. But Mm -hmm. they've always been about, like Mm -hmm. there's been people like that forever. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think 
again, touching on the him getting banned, are they then going to go through and ban all these other copycats, all these clones that he's exist? He's been banned from YouTube as well. Been banned from YouTube as well. So yeah. he's on nothing now. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of another social well, media. Well, that's that's why this is the same kind of thing that happened to Trump where he got banned from social media because I think he got banned from Facebook as well. As right. Twitter. I don't know. I'm not I sure. I feel like he did. I, I feel like he got that, a, yeah. I feel like he got the same kind of ban. Um, but then he ended up on Truth Social. He made his own. Or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, he created his own social media. And that's just an echo chamber of fucking, pardon my French, not even French. Why am I saying pardon? I just said fucking and then went pardon my French. I was going to say freaks, but freaks is what I'm going to go with. People that side with that kind of mentality and they have this like, ah, oh, just oh, it's a weird complex, isn't it? It's like... Uh, it does kind of, I feel like it does lead down like the incel route slightly mm. in that these people are thinking, oh, women are terrible and it's not my fault that people don't like me. It's their fault that people don't like me. And then they start to convince themselves that they're in the right and yeah. they don't need to change. It's other people that Do you know what the change. thing is? Like, I feel like if we were a big podcast and we were to put this clip out, the fucking comment section would be a sight. Yeah. Like, I don't like, <laughs> this will probably get nothing. But if it does, because we've been not particularly kind to Tay. I'd imagine if his fans stumble across it, we're going to get rinsed. Mm -hmm. But that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to be even more angry now. They're going to be going after anyone that says he's bad. Mm -hmm. I've seen every, like, big influencers put some kind of opinion about him on Twitter or on Instagram or something. And and to be fair, one of the biggest ones I saw, like, when he was first started to blow up, like, because everyone that I have on Instagram in the gay community was, like, fully against him, mm-hmm. of course. But it's like, this is what I mean. The, 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 where do you draw the line of cancelling people? I think that's what we should end that on. Like, it's I don't think you should just deplatform people unless they're actually found guilty of, like, a serious crime. Um, either that or... Uh, it's, oh, no, it's yeah, but I suppose if they're promoting, like, being a neo-Nazi or something and then they've not actually done all, still, you should then... Yeah, but that's but, like promoting someone to do a serious crime. Mm-hmm. He's not promoting anyone to like actually like batter anyone or kidnap anyone or all. He's just saying, "I dumb think shit. this." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he's not saying, "I think you should punch up your woman." He's mm-hmm. just saying, "I think that your woman's your property," mm-hmm. which kind of has the same effect, but it's not. It's, he's not saying go out and do it. It's yeah. in the same way as like you could say early two thousand, well late nineties, early two thousand with rappers where. They, you know, in the songs, they're talking about killing people and doing all this stuff. And then they come out and say, yeah, I never said for you to do it. It's like you the Modern Warfare 2 mission. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like they never, they never, they never put out that other people should be doing it. It's just their opinion and what they're wanting to talk about at that time. They've never come out rightly and said, you should go out and kill people. Mm. They just say in the songs that that's what they do and they go out and do it. Then they get all this flack and they just go, whoa, hang on. I, 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 never, I never said to go out and do yeah. it yourselves. But It's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous is. game. But it I is. think we should move on from Tate now anyway. There's some exciting YouTube boxing going on this week. There is. Yeah. Um, KSI is fighting two people on one night. I don't know why he's chose to fight two people. When I first saw it, I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, why mm-hmm. would you choose to do that? I know that the, like he was meant to be fighting Alex Wasabi originally, which everyone was excited for. And I suppose him dropping out led to quite a lot of backlash for KSI Online because he got swarms in who looked like he was asleep in the picture. It was actually <laughs> quite funny. He was like, looked like he'd just been dragged out of bed. But yeah, now he's fighting um, swarms and a... a Pretty poor professional boxer. I think he's had eight fights and won two or three. It was something like that. It was mm-hmm. close. He'd lost more than he'd won mm-hmm. and he'd not had many fights. And again, he didn't look like the most intimidating fella. But I actually think that KSI might have played himself doing this. How so? Because I I know that, I, like, I don't know much about professional boxing. I've never done boxing training or anything. But I would imagine, like, if you're having one fight, right, against this Swarms guy, who he clearly thinks he's going to do in a round or two, because otherwise he wouldn't have arranged two fights. My only question is, if you're doing that, you're getting your adrenaline going, you're getting pumped up for the, for the fight, you go in, you use that burst of energy, can you do that again an hour later? And what if it doesn't go to plan? What if this Swarms just decides to run around the ring and just make it last six rounds? Mm-hmm. What's he going to do then? Well, well, the, the, there's a flip side to that as well, isn't it? Where people, there's a lot of people that are pissed off that he's doing two fights because they're saying you're only doing two fights because you, you, well, you know that you're going to absolutely destroy swarms, and so people are saying, why are you bothering doing two when it's very clear that you're very confident you're going to win the first one, and that's why you want the second fight. 
And a lot of people are saying that seems a very like up himself to kind of think yeah. that he's in a position where he can take on two. Because there was somebody, I can't remember who it was. I was watching something where they were saying it was, you know, a famous boxer in the past has done this before. Yeah, I think it was Evander Holyfield. It was some somebody where it was just two super easy fucking opponents and he lined them up in both one night and he got so much backlash from people saying like, you're clearly doing this because you know you're going to win. What's the point? Why do people want to watch that fight if they know you're going to win? You don't to watch a fair, fight to... I think that the Swarms one, from what I've seen online, seems to have been like a contractual thing. Like he had him as a backup if Alex Wasabi backed out and he backed out. So the contract flipped to Swarms. Mm-hmm. So That's then what he heard. was the one he yeah. was fighting. Yeah. And then he got so much backlash for it on Twitter. He thought, right, I can do better than this. Like I can definitely have another fight in that night, but he couldn't back out. He couldn't get rid of Swarms. Mm-hmm. So he's had to just get like a professional boxer in. And to be fair, like I actually really rate it. Like he's got some balls for doing that. I like to fight two people in a night, having not had a boxing match in a few years is mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Like big ups to JJ. That's fucking sick. To say that he's been focusing on his music career more than anything else as well. He's not really yeah. had his head in the game. I know he's been training during that whole time, but there's no way he would have been, you know, nine to five training oh. as you, as you would need to be for, having two professional fights in one night. Yeah, exactly. Albeit, I don't know if you can class Swarms as a professional fight. You know. No, but at the same time, because JJ's not fought in two years, like the Swarms one is okay. Like if that was just what he was doing from the start, people probably wouldn't have hated on it as much, but it's because it was so last minute. Mm -hmm. And and to be fair, it's really on Alex Wasabi and there's been big rumours that Jake Paul might have paid him off to back out of the fight because it was... Alex Wasabi signed to Jake Paul's boxing label. Really? Yeah, so loads of people think that he might have paid him, so then it makes KSI looks worse because his card isn't as good. And it, he also happened to back out a few days, like a, a day or a couple of weeks after Jake Paul's fight fell apart. So does Jake Paul have it out for KSI still? Yeah, massively. Big time. Yeah. Like, to the top. Because I, I, like, I've, I've always, I always see them beefing on Twitter, and I see this back and forth, and you see, but you saw all that with Logan and KSI a couple of years ago, and now it's water under the bridge. Yeah, and so you can you can argue that they are business, but you know they're, they're actually friends now. As, no, they as are. They imagine. literally have yeah. a business together. That's it. That's what but I mean. From what I can see, and like from even when I've watched like uh, Jake on Logan's podcast, they actually don't like each other. And as soon as Alex Wasabi pulled out of the KSI fight, Jake Paul was tweeting KSI saying, "I'll replace him. I'll so come that, over and do it," yeah. which made everyone obviously come up with those assumptions that he might have paid him off. But at the same time, it's like he just. I, it, it was good to catch him off guard like that because everyone was like, well, you should just say yeah, JJ. Like, why wouldn't you say yeah? Mm-hmm. But of course, Jet Paul's had like five fights or something in the last couple of years. So he's got no ring rust at all. He'd be that's straight it. ready for it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it, it could have been a smart move if that's what he did. It's 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 always it's always a touchy one when it comes to e celebrities because you never know if behind the scenes they're pally pally. I don't think they are, you know. You I don't know? think Jake and JJ are. I think him and Logan weren't at the time as well. They've just become friends since because like they've explained the situation. I think if you go back and watch like there's a True Geordie podcast with Logan on, he explained how they became like friends after like all the beef. True. Um, like I, I do think it was genuine. Like obviously it's blown up and it's exaggerated to get the sales because I saw Eddie Hearn said the other day that. Um, KSI against Logan is the fifth best-selling boxing fight yeah, um, of all time. It got two million pay-per-view buys. That's more than one of the Fury Wilder fights, mm-hmm. which is fucking crazy. It's absolutely insane, isn't it? But it just shows the kind of uh, fan bases that these guys have. It's nothing to be like, kind of like turn your nose mm-hmm. up at. And uh, albeit, albeit all the professional boxers and you know the people in the pro boxing you know space all think of these as like lower and lesser than them and it's maybe so with their skill set you know they're not i don't know if you can class them as professional boxers at that point but you can't argue with the numbers can you you really can't argue with them it doesn't matter where they're pulling them from they're getting the numbers they're getting fucking bums in seats you can't say yeah marketing kings yeah yeah, 100 yeah Yeah, legit and like logan's fully in wwe now so if he ever comes back and has another boxing match you know that that'll pop off like i think there's rumors that he's fighting dylan dennis um, do you know he's Conor McGregor's old trainer? He trained right. Conor McGregor when McGregor like did really well, mm-hmm. um, and he just Dylan Dennis is one of those that seems to just constantly talk online, but never actually has a fight with anyone he calls out. So Logan Paul's been like consistently saying, and his he said on a podcast a few weeks ago that what they want to happen is after KSI's had a warm up fight or two, for KSI to fight Jake Paul and uh, Logan Paul to fight Dylan Dennis on the undercard, and they run about doing it at Wembley. Oh, that'd be crazy. I think that'd set like it'd sell out literally. That'd be crazy if the tickets were cheap. Even I'd think about going to that because that could be a spectacle. That could then 
way out the previous match. Yeah, no, I, like I think three. that would maybe be one of the best selling fights of all. Like I would say top three, but maybe the best because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that. Like I, if I wasn't going, I'd watch it. I'd mm-hmm. buy it. Like I'd actually. They'd make so much money off that. Oh Big my time. god! Big so, time. do you think KSI is going to win then? Um, this week it's on Friday. The fights yeah. as well. Where it leads first? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's unfortunate, but that's yeah. how it goes. I mean, it, it's just jump on Twitter, don't you? Yeah, I just have a quick look. Yeah, yeah, no, you'll probably get home in time to watch it anyway. True, but no, yeah. do you think he's going to win against two opponents? I and think. In what fashion? I think. I think he'll probably due to his confidence on Swarms and how much you know backing there is for him to win that fight and how unprepared Swarms probably is because I doubt that he was I know he was probably the contractual agreement but I doubt he was thinking that Wasabi would pull out and be a little bitch boy like he was um so I think he'll probably decimate Swarms you know maybe two three rounds something will get called maybe a TKO um but then in his next fight I think he's like you're saying, because he'll be slightly worn out from the fight previously, I think he's going to have it out for him to... He's going to have Yeah, to and this ball. professional boxer will be thinking, I'm headlining the O2 in London. It's my time to shine. He's going to give it his all. Mm-hmm. I personally think he'll knock out Swarm's first two rounds and then he's going to go into the second fight and I think he'll win and I think it'll probably be quite comfortable, but I think he might take it all the rounds and maybe on purpose, maybe to show, because a lot of people wind about KSI's boxing technique just being like windmilling. Mm-hmm. in his previous fight. Yeah. So I think he'll want to show, he's been still been training for the last few years that he's really upped his game and that he's really got that boxing IQ up a little bit. So I think second fight, he'll take it a few rounds. I think he wants to show off his more technical side now mm. rather than just being, you know, just a powerhouse trying to yeah, just Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. one other interesting fight on the card as well. Um, well, one that I'm interested in, I know that this isn't even the second highest, but I, it's the one that I know the influencers and in that I've seen them both like, have boxing matches in the past. And it's uh, Dead G, KSI's brother against Tube. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be a funny one to watch. I, di- I just think it's so insane that, I don't know if you remember back in the day when Fousey first came out on YouTube and he was one of the biggest like... It was him and Vitaly were the, massive. Yeah, for the pranking channels mm. and that. The fact that... He is where he is now, considering... Do you remember his weird breakdown he Oh, had? when he said he had Drake at a concert and he'd never even had him booked. And yeah. he was still on top of a van. And yeah. like he was he was chatting to everybody saying, I'm going to get Drake on the phone and all this shit. To see that he's actually still in the space and obviously he's at the bottom of the card. And he's not, there's like four more fights below him. There's loads more. Oh, is there actually? Yeah, oh, there's, right. like, there's like eight fights. Of, of like the headline card. Yeah, he's the le- lowest of the headliners, yeah. yeah. Um, the fact that he's still in a position to be able to do that is somewhat it impressive. Is impressive. Um, considering, you know, what's happened to him in the past couple of years and how much of a, like, shit show he's made his career. Um, but I'm, I'm quite excited to see Deji fight again because don't get me wrong, it's like... <laughs> It, it is what it is, but more than anything, it's entertaining to watch because yeah. you just think well, anything could happen in that match. Fucking anything could happen. It's weird because I think it's going to go one or two ways. I think one of them is going to brutally knock the other one out or it's just going to be boring as fuck because neither of them wants to get embarrassed because obviously Fousey's only had one match before and lost and now he's looking ripped. He looks like he's put a lot more effort into this one. So I don't. I think he just won't want to get beaten badly mm-hmm. and I think Deji's thinking if I lose this one I'm, I'm done but I mean I thought that with the last one though so maybe not but I think he might go in try to play it safe as well but I don't know he did that in the last fight against Wasabi and it didn't end up going too well for mm-hmm. him so, so it's it, it's like I say I think it's just entertaining because you don't know what the fuck's gonna yeah. happen and one of them could have really upped the game in, but like like Fusi. That's what I mean. I feel like Fusi could come in and no one really knows how good he is now. He looked poor in the last fight, but that was a couple of years back. So he might come in, he's in great shape and he might obliterate Deji. But then I feel like if Deji actually goes for the knockout, he he does have power. And he we does. saw that like, he went, like, he was only a round off finishing the Jake Paul fight before it got called off. He did really well. Mm-hmm. So there's skill there, but it just depends if he really. And also, you got, I think I think if you're comparing Jake Paul against Fusi Tube, I'd say Jake Paul is your more difficult opponent. Oh, a hundred percent. And if he got to the Maybe, fifth no, round, not at the time though. Like at the time, Jake was, Paul, it was, was it, it was 20, his first ever fight. 20, 26, 15, 16 15, maybe. Yeah, it was a while ago, ago now. Yeah, Woo. but yeah, because that was the first time that KSI fought Logan. Like then, Jake Paul had never had a fight before, so you can't compare it to his current abilities because he's actually sick now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you could like there was obvious talent there with him as well, and Deji did well. So to say this is his fourth fight and Fusi's second. It's, yeah, it should be. It should be an interesting I'm, one. I'm excited for Who it. Who you got to win? I want Deji to win. Yeah, I, I want like, Deji. To I win. would like Deji to win because I think I just. I think he. I don't. I don't I wouldn't say he deserves it, but 
you know, he's he seems like the the he's obviously the lesser brother of the two, and he's kind of on uh, JJ's coattails for his entire career. It's know? weird because Deji started YouTube before De- JJ as well, but JJ took off, and yeah. then Deji. Although, to be fair, like Deji does have ten mil subs, he's huge no, still, but he, he just doesn't even really do YouTube. He just does boxing now. That's yeah. it, yeah, and and you don't really hear from him, yeah. so he's kind of obviously you know he's made his money. Uh, he's taking the sideline. He's he's got his house sorted, his cars and that. So he's just kind of sidelining it. But I just think I always feel like he's the he's always trying to prove himself and yeah, I feel trying that. to trying to catch up with JJ. Not catch up with JJ, but just show that he is somebody. So I'd re- I think it'd be really nice for him to get the win. But I think Fuzzy might take it personally. Yeah. No, I want Deji to win. I don't think he will. I actually don't think I don't. I I think it's a fifty-fifty in my head. But I hope Deji wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I mean, like you say, it's hard to say with because you don't really see that many clips from either of them either. Neither of them really posting about their training too much. So it's uh, well. I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell you if Fuzzy was because I don't really interact with Fuzzy on Twitter. Yeah, I don't think he's about much anymore. But you'd, you'd hear this is the thing you'd hear more because you hear about KSI training. You know, you hear about all these other people that are in that you know, YouTube boxing training and they're posting videos about how they're getting better. Um, but then with those two, it's kind of like anything could happen. Yeah. It's true. true. Right. I said we have a little two minute break and we'll, we'll come back with some, some fresh topics. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're back. We both have a busy weekend this weekend. Um, yeah. I'm off to Leeds to us for the full weekend and you're just going for the Friday, just the Friday, which has been a bit of a depressing experience for you. No, um, I'd say depressing is an understatement. An understatement. <laughs> it's that bad. So for a context for anyone that doesn't know, um, Rage Against the Machine were meant to be headlining the Friday of Leeds Fest and replaced by none other than the 1975. Which, you know, is a like-for-like like replacement. Oh, yeah, very similar. I mean, it's better than getting, like, Metallica or Slipknot or something in. You see, the thing is, every, every <sighs> I'm upset about it. I like the 1975. The last time I went to Leeds Fest was just for the day, and it was to see the 1975 headline. I've, admittedly, I liked a few other people on the lineup as well, but like I've seen them at Leeds Arena. I'm a fan of the band. I was really excited for Rage, though. And like my friends that I was going with, really excited for Rage. Maybe not so much for the 1975, because it won't be like lively. It won't be mosh pity. It won't be the same atmosphere and vibe in the slightest. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, are you gonna even go see the 1975? Uh, so I had a slight timing issue on um, who I was gonna see last. So Danny Brown is performing, and his last 20 minutes clashed with the first 20 minutes of Rage Against the Machine. So now that Rage aren't playing, I, I just get to see the entirety of Danny Brown and then leave early before all the masses start leaving. So if anything, it's given me an upper hand. Oh no! But I'm still mad upset that Rage aren't gonna be there at all. Yeah. But I think, I think, luckily for me, I had enough other, um, you know, artists that I wanted to see that justifies the ticket still. Otherwise, I would have refunded it. But I've still got, like, Denzel Curry, you know, Danny Brown, Run the Jewels. There's there's a fair few. Yeah, and then it's just the vibe of a day festival. It should be decent weather. It'll, it'll still be a fun day. I admit that I am I am super upset about Rage dropping out. Although you should just go see, even if you just go see 1975 for 10 minutes, you should do it just to say you've seen them. No. Do you know, like when Danny Brown ends, <laughs> you should just go over and you just just go. Could could do that, yeah, but then at the same time, no, I don't want just to do, do it. that. No way. Come no. on, it'd be so, so funny if you ring me and say, "Oh, I'm at front at 1975." I'll cry. <laughs> well, if you saw me, it gets me on stage. <laughs> I think so you're secretly you. really happy about it, and I'm going to see you like getting people <laughs> on your shoulders, loving it. I think I think the, the biggest disappointment about it all is for people that purely got tickets to see Rage Against the Machine, yeah. and you know that that. So Friday is the only day that didn't sell out that hasn't. I don't know if it's sold out now. It but didn't. We rage anywhere. That's it. No, that's how I mean. That's the only day that hasn't sold out, which tells me obviously everybody wants to see Arctic Monkeys and everybody wants to go and see Dave. Is it Dave. Yeah, I feel like. Well, I mean, it sold out that day, but I didn't think he was as big a pull as he actually is. I think it's because they've got you know the supporting acts of that as yeah, well. Yeah, there's some good supports on there. Like I, I think a lot of that day will be going to see Megan the Stallion. And there's also like for rock fans, there's, there's like all time low, and there's like a few like wallows and circle waves and stuff on that day. But like to be fair, Dave is a big pull, and I'll go see him and enjoy him for sure. But I think I think with those days being sold out, and the fact that the Rage Day didn't sell out tells me that the majority of tickets that they probably sold for that day were to see Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, so now that they've then, you know, I mean, it w- I'm not saying Leeds Fest caused this to happen because mm. they didn't. And, you know, they've tried to make the best of what they could because they probably made a hefty down payment to get Rage Against the Machine, which they're not going to get back because it'd be like a deposit system. 
Um, so I understand the reasoning for going 1975. You know, it's short notice. They're around. They're UK based. They're going to turn up, and you know, and admittedly, like they are big enough to headline. They yeah, have done course. before, so at least they replaced them with another headliner and didn't just get someone like shit and smaller. And there's people saying, I see people on Twitter all the time because uh, this is this is the again, it's the mindset of people that are on Twitter and people that aren't on Twitter. I'd argue that the majority of people that were going to see Red Against the Machine won't be following the Redden and Leeds Twitter account and they won't be following the Redden and Leeds Facebook account. They won't be commenting on the posts. So you might scroll through the comments when they announced 1975 and 90% are saying, woo, 1975, and then 10% are going, what the fuck's gone on here? Well, I think the, the, the thing is, like, majority of people that are going to Leeds Fest are going for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And most of those people won't have got tickets for Rage Against the Machine. They'll have got them for Arctic Monkeys and Dave and then probably a few of the indie bands that are on. So, like Wolf Alice and Fontaine's and stuff. So, they'll probably be fans of the 1975 or at least they'll prefer... That at least they'll go, oh, I'll go see them. I know four or five songs. Whereas Rage, they were probably like, fuck that. I'm mm-hmm. going to get trampled on. Mm-hmm. Like, and then it's it's the it's the Leeds Fest in general veering away from what it once was because they yeah. used to have an insane lineup. Oh, mate. Some of the lineups back in the day. And the thing is as well, I think it's, it's easy to look at it in hindsight and say that sometimes though like i think in a few years if dave continues to grow like he is in another 10 years people look and think oh that's a great headliner like 1975 have probably reached the peak of what they're going to reach now but they've got like four number one albums and have headlined before and do arena tours they're a pretty good headliner and then monkeys are sick like monkeys everyone especially at leeds because i feel like from the for the from yorkshire it's going to be amazing i've seen them on Sunday uh, in Budapest. I've never seen them before and I'm seeing them twice in the space of two weeks, which mm-hmm. is crazy, like last Sunday. And it was fun, but there wasn't like really like no mosh pits. A few people were jumping around for a few of the songs. I know at Leeds Fest, it's going to be absolute carnage. To be bouncing. Like I know as soon as 505 kicks in, the whole crowd's going to go mad. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to experience that with some of my friends. I think, I think yeah, I think Arctic Monkeys are going to absolutely smash it. And I mm. do think that... It's for for that crowd. It's a good lineup, but for what Leeds Fest used to be, where it's predominantly metal and rock, the fact that over the past five years it's massively veered away from that is obviously upsetting for a lot of fans. And there's other festivals they can go to for that. And Leeds Fest are obviously trying to find their niche. Mm. But I think it's I think it's the the kind of the crossover has happened almost too quickly. There hasn't been like a gradual sort like this this like Leeds Fest lineup now without Rage Against the Machine on there. Is there any heavy bands? Enter Shikaria there, but they, I wouldn't say they're heavy, heavy. They're quite heavy, but yeah, there's um, not. Bring me the horizon. <sighs> they're pretty heavy. They, if, they from, can, in my they, eyes, they most can, people's eyes. Yeah, they can be, but they're new as shit. They're in, the, they're in that crowd, though. Like, none of my friends knew, knew who they were. They, they'll bring in that crowd of, mm-hmm. like, the, the heavy fans. Like, I'd imagine if anyone that liked Rage got a weekend ticket, they'd have literally just been there for them too. Like True. Maybe monkeys as well. I think, everyone... I think Bring Me the Horizon have kind of veered off into obtaining their fan base to be younger people now through well, social media. Well, the song media. with Machine Gun Kelly were great. With social media. And <laughs> they did a song with, I'm not even going to warrant that. And they did a song with like Ed Sheeran, didn't they? And they've got like, they're very, they've managed to change their image because they used to be proper fucking death metal. They had like a song called, an album, Pray for Plagues, the first album that they released. Songs on there like, uh, tell Slater not to wash his dick. And like, it was it was just fucking deathcore. It was mm. straight up. And obviously they veered off over the years, multiple albums that they've released, you know, could go into it, but I won't. And now I think they've hit the niche of, it's 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 heavy. It's it's like um, pop heavy now, yeah. if you know what I mean. Where it's like it's not what heavy is. You know, you're not seeing. It's not Cannibal Corpse levels of insanity, but they do hit the niche of the edgier people that would be into the 1975 and that kind of bands. So do you know we're talking about the progression of Leeds Fest? I kind of see it as they're just trying to hit that young audience, and in a way. I think that they were trying to do that back in the day as well, but just the landscape of music has completely changed. Like mm-hmm. they want, Leeds Fest has always been like 15 to 25, like generally is the people that are going mm-hmm. and it's just people getting fucked up and having fun. And I feel like now, maybe in a way, some of the rock music hasn't, doesn't hit the same heights anymore. A lot of the bands that you would want at Leeds Fest have been around for a, a minimum of six or seven years. Like 1975 are a pretty, like you would think of them as a newer band, but they've been around for like seven or eight years now. Mm-hmm. And like 
I just feel th- there isn't as many options. Like, if they want to keep that young audience, the young audience isn't into rock music as much. There's a few bands they like, like the 1975, and, and everyone just loves Arctic Monkeys because they're just, like, massive. Mm-hmm. But... I think maybe it's a sign of rock music dying down a little bit. I feel like it's picked up again in the last few years and maybe in a, in a couple more years, bands like Inhaler, Fontaines might be at the heights to headline. But yeah, I feel like rappers blow up a lot quicker. Dave's been around for a while now, but he feels fresher than most of the bands there other than 1975. Like he's fresher than Arctic Monkeys and, and Wolf Alice and All Time Low and the big bands that I think of. Mm-hmm. He's way younger and and probably more relatable to the majority of people that are going to be there so in a sense i'm like well what do i expect them to do yeah you know i agree yeah yeah yeah. it's it's just it's just moving with the times essentially isn't it and with rappers and such i think it's it's easier for them to kind of pick and choose beats and get these fire beats you know they could buy them from anywhere they could get them online and such and you know they could just find them oh there's this producer's really good and we're gonna get this producer and each track is Obviously, I think the same with bands. They do have a lot of people that work on it, but it comes down to how much variety they can have and like how much they can actually just appeal to the charts and get their songs to number one. So rappers nowadays blow up like that. Whereas if you want to be a rock band that blows up like that, you've got to be fucking good. Yeah, you've got to be really good. I think one name that comes to mind when you were saying that straight away is someone who's a dickhead because they dropped out to do the VMAs. It's Jack Harlow. I was about but he's to say. massively blown up in the last like three years and he was one of the like big slots on there. What a dickhead. Him and Maniskin, they should never book them again in my opinion. Like, to back out of a festival that you've been on the poster of for months and months, and people would have bought tickets wanting to see you and started listening to your music and got to know it all. Just to back out to do a two songs at a music award is really poor form. And they're, they're doing... Uh, Man of Skin are performing... Is it, I don't know if it's a new single, or it's something about business and uh, how they're like... Uh, how people just get too business-minded and they just want to make money. And it's, like, unbelievably ironic. Somebody posted, like, some of the lyrics of the song that they're going to be singing, and it's like, you do exactly realise... what they shouldn't be doing. You've done you've just done that by backing out because when did they back out like two weeks to go yeah and at no, that, it was like a week and a half to go is that not contractually illegal apparently um it's something to do with like media arrangements working a different way in contracts so if you've got like a media arrangement that can take precedent that's so Shite. insane but then but then also the replacement that they got in for man of skin and let's just add they're still missing an artist on the friday i don't think we haven't noticed that well, there was three underneath Rage, and now there's only two underneath Rage. Oh, yeah, true. I just feel, an- now, they put them on a different day, though, which doesn't help. The Friday's still missing a day, but they they, they got Charlie XCX and someone else, and they put the AJ Tracy, and they put AJ Tracy on the Sunday. Well, no, yeah, but that's when Jack yeah, Harlow yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so is the one missing under Rage still? Yeah, I think oh, so. Mad. I Who think so. I think so, right? I thought there was, but I'm not sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't die on that hill. Yeah, no, I'm confused now. I'm not sure. Because I'm sure there was three underneath Rage, and now there's only Charlie XCX and, yeah. and the Jewels. No idea. But anyway, Charlie XCX's replacement. Don't get me wrong. Sure, she pulls in a massive fan base. The leads. She's huge, but... Yeah, and it, it, to replace Maniskin and fucking Rage Against the Machine... That is, it is actually... Unironically funny. It's like a big middle it's finger. It's actually funny. It is, and like, like, the fact Rage Against the Machine and Maniskin for the 1975 and Charlie XCX is, it made me laugh. And Charlie XCX has fucking pushed Run the Jewels down a spot now. What's that about? If they end up clashing with somebody I wanted to see because they've been pushed down a spot, I won't be happy. They actually probably do. Oh, no, no, because Denzel's on main stage Denzel's as well. Denzel's on main stage. Anyway, so yeah. for anyone that's listening to this and is going for Leeds Fest, going to Leeds Fest, I thought we'd end it with a little, maybe two things each that we think are an essential if you're going for the weekend. Two things, tell people what not to forget. What are they going to regret if they don't Ooh, take? that's a good question. Uh, spare socks. Lots and lots of spare socks. I know it sounds like a mad one, but if your feet get wet and you've only got two pairs of socks, you're fucked. You don't want to be walking around with no socks on because you end up with foot. a load of blisters, athlete's foot, yeah. trench foot even. You know, if you've seen the um, Woodstock documentary oh, that's where they got that. trench face or something, oh. that one, whatever. Uh, spare pair of socks. Sometimes double up your socks. Wear socks over your socks. Two mm. pairs of socks. Mm. Stop getting blisters, stuff like that. Go on, I'll let you do one. Um, my first one is a real sensible one, and it's due to personal experience. On Amazon, you can get ear protectors for like 15 quid, yeah? 
fucking get them. Because I've been going to gigs and festivals for years and I never had any and now my ears are clapped. Like I have problems with my ears because I listen to that much loud music. And if you're at Leeds Fest, most people are going to be listening to music from like two till two minimum. So go get some 15 quid. They're literally see-through. Just type in like gig ear protectors. It's worth it. Not just for Leeds Fest, but for whenever you're at like an indoor, like small venue as well. 100% worth it. Well, there's a good set that I used to use. I think they were called party plugs or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly that. Good, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I used to have the same issue because uh, he's playing a band bass. Stood in front of my bass cabinet. Never had any ear protection. Everybody else in the band's got theirs. And I'm thinking, nah. And then after maybe like three or four shows, I was going, yeah, I can't, I can't yeah, do you, this your anymore. Your head's ringing. You have to have them it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a must definitely um right my go oh this is a good question um i reckon if you're wanting i don't know i feel like it's a very b-tech thing to say but carrier bags like spare carrier bags yeah yeah yeah, yeah. For? again for like wet clothes and for just keeping you all i think of is if it's a shit show and raining what will you need that's the, that's the main thing yeah. because there's a good chance that it's england and you know it's august there's a good chance it's going to chuck it down i know weather says otherwise but mm. you know when is weather ever right it's never True. right so it's always i think it's always a good and even shout. just for your dirty clothes in general like you don't want to be stinking your tent out on the first night mm-hmm. like yeah that's a fair one that's it and i mean I mean, to be, I couldn't really think of too much on the spot, but I think those are, those are two where whenever I've gone camping, those are always things where I've been very thankful that I've got them. Because yeah. it also means, like you're saying, dirty clothes, whatever, you can just separate shit out then. And you've not got it all in your nice, you know, because most people be buying a nice rucksack for it or they'll be getting some nice, you know, just nice, yeah, nice clothes outfits or anything. Yeah, 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 everyone yeah. So you want, you want to make sure you've got enough storage and storage that will keep it dry. So that you can yeah, keep easy. them in one place. My last one, again, feels like a pretty obvious one, but I bet it's one that people just forget to put in their bag. Paracetamol, multivitamins, because otherwise, by the time the third day comes around, you're going to be wrote off. You're probably going to be wrote off on the, the, the second day. And like a lot of people are going from Wednesday as well. Make sure you take some painkillers. Make sure you take some multivitamins, because otherwise it's going to be painful. Maybe even take some um, Baraka. Yeah, those, true. Those ones you drop into water. Yeah, that makes good. you feel good. It's like a B-Tech Lucasade. That's what I'm saying, yeah, but you don't want to be carrying around fucking seven bottles of Lucasade in your bag. You don't want yeah. that extra weight. So if you can just carry a little tube of Baraka, you're good. sorted there. You're good. I am excited for it. I'm excited. I, I am excited, yeah. yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And like I say, there's still there's still a decent amount of artists that I want to see, so it justifies the ticket still. Um, and overall, I've not actually been to Leeds Fest before, so I've never like for the weekend or for the day or anything like that. Oh, have so you not even be, been for the day? No, oh, no. crazy. So um, I've heard things, I've heard other things, so it'll be interesting. First experience. To, it'll be interesting to see yeah. what it's like. I've been, look, I've been to many other festivals, mm. just never been to Leeds Fest, so it'll be interesting to see how it... I think the main one that I'm going to compare it to is Download, and it'll be interesting because Download crowd is... crowd completely. But it's not even that. It's it's the facilities, it's the, the layout... The, how everything's done, how everything's like um, looked after, you know, how security is, how they do the bags and okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm quite intrigued to we'll see. We'll come back after and we'll record another podcast and you can give your opinions on Leeds Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'll, yeah. Do, I'll probably be dying, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the same. One thing I touched on earlier, um, I went to a festival last week in Budapest, which was interesting because obviously I've done a load in the UK. I've never actually been to a festival abroad. So it was called Ziggert, or I, I called it Sizigert and they all laughed at me, but Z-I-G-E-T and um, I just went for the day and it was the last day of the festival as well but it was a five day job and a lot of people there were camping and honestly it was so different to like anything I've been to over here like first off when I walked in I didn't get searched at all like they literally just did like one of those bomb things I just went yeah and I didn't I didn't even sneak any booze in which is a b-tech move from me like (laughs) I should definitely have have done that but um yeah like it, it was it was different in a sense of when you walked in, like the camping was just in the same bit as like the arena. So there was just tents everywhere. And there was like tents in bushes. And and one thing I noticed, it was really dusty, which I'd imagine is a problem for a lot of these festivals abroad because it was like 30 degrees. So obviously the ground's really dry. But as in, I was there for about six hours and it was dusty to the point of when I got back to the hotel, I was like ripping dust out of my nose. Mm-hmm. And like the next day I was like coughing a bit of dust up. And when I looked on the Reddit for the festival afterwards, the amount of people that were saying they were like literally like just coughing up pure mud and like throwing up mud and stuff and I was like I don't know what a festival could do to stop that but it seemed rank Mm -hmm. like after monkeys came on 
And we were walking out. It was literally that bad. I had my shirt over my face because I was like, this is horrible. It's like the polar opposite of what happens in the UK, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, I just get muddy feet because it's that horrible. Ours just becomes a swamp, whereas theirs becomes a fucking desert. And then yeah. I, I guess it makes sense because, you know, if there's a little dry dirt and everything, people are kicking it up as they're walking around, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, there's, so there's not much they can do about it. But yeah, shout out to that festival in a sense of... There was fucking loads of people there. There was over 100,000 people there that day, I believe. I know over the five days, there was over 500k, and I'm guessing monkeys drew in a fair fair size crowd. So I saw someone on Twitter saying it was 130k, but I can't just, like, I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, but a great festival. It was a weird lineup, though, throughout the few days. There was, like, Justin Bieber was one of the headliners. Really? And then it went, like, Justin Bieber, Calvin Harris... And then someone I'd never heard of, and then Arctic Monkeys. And I was like, that's such a like broad spectrum of bands. But one thing I was upset about, four hours before we were going, like like just as we woke up in the morning, Sam Fender was meant to be there, and he dropped out. Fox. He had laryngitis. So it was it, yeah, reasonable reason. Yeah, reasonable yeah. reason. But like we'd gone all the way over to Budapest, and it was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like you've not seen him a million times this year already. True. <laughs> yeah, I have actually seen him like four or five times now. He's still classed, though. I'll no, of course. Yeah, it's upsetting. But I think I always think that, if, you know, if they've got a valid reason for it, yeah. fair play. Yeah, there's right? not what he could do. But I got to see Inhaler for the fourth time as well. <laughs> <He> got to <laughs> see Arctic Monkeys for the first time. Decent. Yeah, it was a fun one. And then uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, like, just in general, when I was on holiday, I feel like... Maybe it's a thing to do with Brexit and just Britain in general. But compared to when I've been on holiday in the past, Britain seems to be like looked down upon a little bit now. Like when I was chatting to people, I was at this rooftop bar in Vienna, which to be fair, Vienna's just been voted the best city to live in in the world. And it was really calm and it was like, it was a good vibe there the whole time. Like everything was clean, didn't see one bit of litter, barely saw like anyone smoking or any like just any anyone that seemed to be doing bad things it didn't happen they want people drinking on the streets or whatever but we were talking to this one couple we're like oh where are you from and one was from like Uzbekistan or something and the other was from Germany and they'd like linked up in Austria and they were like oh where are you from or England and it was like oh they're they like oh it's not too good over there at the minute is it mm-hmm. we're like oh yeah your inflation's bad because I'm guessing the European newspapers like we would do to them have headlines of like food bank use in Britain is up 200% in the last two years and like inflation's up 5% and and it made me think like are we actually just shit <laughs> like yeah is it just like on the train on the train back from the festival we were talking to the it was a um some ukrainians yeah and they lit we were like we're from england and they went oh and i was like is -hmm. it that bad well well i've got a uh, mate who's from belgium and he is constantly not constantly but every every week or so he'll drop me a message and say like oh i've seen this is fucked up over there and oh i see this crisis has happened and oh this this person's gonna get into power i've seen their stuff they look terrible and i think i think anybody from anywhere outside of britain within europe is very aware of what's happening yeah i feel like they're laughing at us like with the 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 cost of living crisis here at the minute compared to europe public transport being shit what gets me is that we are what the fifth or sixth richest nation in the world Mm. are we Oh fucking! Yeah. You could you could fucking tell me that again. It's I wouldn't believe mental, you. It? It, it's honestly it's actually it's upsetting, insane. man. Like the amount of shit that's going on here. Like I mentioned the food bank use, but the fact that there's millions of people in this country who can't even afford to eat and 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 heat their homes, mm-hmm. and it's just going to get worse. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's disgusting. And and housing prices, uh, that market's about to crash. Though, did you see that they've recently the government recently allowed for fifty year mortgages to be a thing? Jesus um, Christ! So the 50-year mortgage with the average first-time buyer being in their early 30s, you would have to keep a constant source of income until your 80s. You would need a job because your pension ain't going to be able to pay off your mortgage. Like if you're paying, but so it, I saw some figures. It was like a 250,000 pound house. If you was take out this 50-year mortgage, at f- is it 4.5 percent or something like that? Basically, you're paying about a thousand pounds a month, which is ridiculous anyway. Uh, you'd be paying that for the whole period. Uh, for the whole fifty years, um, by the time you had paid the two, the initial two hundred fifty thousand, you would have only paid about eighty to ninety thousand of actual debt off the house. Um, and by the end of your term, you would have paid something like six hundred and fifty thousand in total for the two hundred and fifty k that you borrowed. Why would they let that happen? What, because they're clearly because they they just can't accept the fact that they need to stop fucking shit. And they and yeah. yeah, so everything everything's going to come tumbling down soon enough. But like you say, I think other countries are. 
laughing at us definitely because of the whole Brexit thing as well. I think we've really made a shit show of everything over here. And it's also the fact that, you know, England and, well, Britain used to be this giant nation, United Kingdom, you know, we spanned the world, we took over all these yeah. these continents and we ventured there, we took this country there and we took this country there. I mean, our union flag is still in a lot of countries' oh, yeah, flags yeah, and a lot of their monarchs are our monarchs. They still share the Queen and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think... Um, I think it is quite funny to see this like big force become this little dwindling. It's, it's kind of funny for me to see in some senses, but at the same time, like, and and it's the same for you, I'd imagine. Like, as a young person in this country, just looking at like the prospects of getting a house and when I'm actually going to own that house, compared to what it was like for even like my parents and especially my grandparents' generation. The problem is the system hasn't changed in terms of everyone's still just like school, either uni or straight into work, work, get a house. Most people are going to earn like 30k a year. But the difference is obviously people earned less back in the day, but it was like for a house, it would only be like five or 10 times yearly wage. Now it's it's way more than that when you account into like interest rates and stuff at the minute. It's like, it's like but it's for me, it's actually disheartening. I'm like, well, what is the point? Mm-hmm. Like there actually isn't any point mm-hmm. in me having a good career because unless I do like astronomically well and get on like 40, 50K, which even still won't provide me with the level of lifestyle that you would expect if you're on that much. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's just disheartening. It's just annoying. When, when I started out um, working, which would have been eight years ago now, um, I remember seeing people in like higher positions and they were on like, you know, 30 to 40 K and they were living, you know, pretty good lives. They were going to like M&S and shopping. And stuff. You couldn't do that now with 30, 40 no. K. You'd still have to be going and getting your offers and going for the yellow stickers in Tesco and trying to get this there and that there. Yeah, if you're paying mortgage it, and bills and if you have a kid, especially like, mm-hmm. and I saw, um, and this, this is another random point, but uh, Elon Musk did a podcast the other week and he was talking about um, like the rebirth rate, the, like the, the like population so refresh. Like, and it just made me think, there's a very obvious reason why, because it's only in, in a lot of the Western countries that that's dropping. And it's because people don't feel comfortable enough to start a family because no one has enough money to start a family, like comfortably, and to feel like they can provide a good life for their kids. Because majority of people have probably had a decent life from their parents. Like obviously not everyone, mm-hmm. but it's just switching, in my opinion. And uh, Mr. Elon Musk saying people should have more kids. I've had eight or nine kids. I'm not the issue. You're also the arguably richest man in yeah. the world. Shut the hell up. You can pay off anyone. You paid hush money to your fucking secretary that you had twins with. Don't come that one. Shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't you can't stand on this pillar of why is nobody having children? We can't afford it, Elon. Like yeah. nobody wants to bring, and also nobody wants to bring their kids into the shit show that the world is yeah because like if we think it's bad for us now and we can see it getting worse and have seen it getting worse and there's evidence of it what's it going to be like in another 30 40 years that's it yeah so they're saying that there's an issue with it's depopulation is what it's the population decay rate in it like where people can't work so industries are going to start failing and stuff so it's also it's it's the fact that we've basically got up to what we're on like seven and a half billion people in the world now so we've got infrastructure to support seven and a half billion people, which needs we need workers that can support seven and a half billion people. If the population starts to decaying by like tens of millions each year, we'll then have lots of factories and lots of shit that's just going to waste because yeah. we don't need them to support those people. So then we end up with all this land that's been monopolized and there's nobody yeah. to fill it. And don't get me wrong, it might be an issue, it might not be an issue, but to me, it that's a very that's more of an issue for the higher ups to sort. Oh yeah, that's it's not, not on us, us to have. It, uh, there's a very simple answer to what I would imagine would help that massively, and it's just pay people fairly. Mm-hmm. Give pay people fairly what they deserve instead of just upping the profits every year on these massive companies, and then people might actually feel comfortable enough within their lives to start having more children. Mm-hmm. And and oh, it, piss, it annoys me so much, yeah, man. Like, especially in this country at the minute, like we're seeing everyone's fucking struggling so much. And BP are like, yeah, we made two hundred percent more money last year, though. Shell making three or four billion profit in like four months or something. But they're putting like our that. prices up like eighty percent, nearly a hundred percent by the end of the year. It's it's crazy. But I don't get like, I, there's not been any protests or anything. That's, it's like people just tweet, and then everyone's just like, "Yeah, cool." That's a very good point. So, um, in in France, uh, the energy price cap was going up, and there was like. Uh, protests in the streets, you know, in Paris, Paris they, they were, yeah, 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 they were causing a ruckus. They were doing all this shit. Do you know why this is happening here? Because British people are just happy to be walked over. Nobody yeah. wants to stand up to them. Nobody wants to say anything. And 
don't get me wrong, you could argue that yeah, we're we not doing anything yeah. about it. We're not we're not out there on the streets or doing yeah. whatever, but it's just the general mindset of we just accept it and, oh, you want to fuck us over, that's fine, we'll bend now. You know what I mean? We, we just accept it. Whereas other countries, people just won't allow it to happen. Yeah. You don't see anything like that in, in England or any, any of, like, Scotland, anywhere like that. No. Like, it's just, I think there's a, there's, people say there's a revolution coming. I don't think there is, especially not in England. <laughs> so I don't I know. Like, to be it. fair, though, I think at the minute, like another like ten percent of the population has just been pushed into poverty, and it'll be another five percent by the end of the year, which will probably mean like twenty five percent of people are technically living in poverty. And I think that there's only so long that a quarter of the population is just going to do that when they know how rich we are. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I just don't think that it can go on forever. But I don't know. I feel like the government will. I'll prop it up a bit. Like, they'll do just enough, not for everyone to kick off, but everyone will still be worse off. And that's that's all they ever do yeah. with these uh, with these uh, payments for energy payments. And then they did the council house rebate, uh, the council tax rebate, um, where you get just, 150 just you can have a, We've done something, but we also did nothing about the thing that has meant we've had to do something. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's fair play, given it, it's, it's then the question of who actually you know, is applicable for these bonuses because you're saying, oh, it's for households that earn less than this much. Well, what about households that are on two grand more than, say, if the threshold was 30k for the household? What if there was a household with 32k? They're going to be struggling more than the people that are on less than them because the people on less than them are getting the support that they're not now getting, which would equal more than the income increase that they've got that just bumps them out the threshold. So then why would you ever want to earn more money if you if earning less gives you more from the government and they've really they've really got to struggle and kind of figure the shit out because people aren't going to stay quiet for too long yeah i know i agree right i think we should end it there because otherwise we're just going to end up ranting about this for ages which i could happily do but it's just not going to put me in a good mood so mm-hmm. let's not do it but <laughs> anyone that's made it to this point um thanks for watching if you're on spotify because this is the only place that people are going to probably hear this exact bit um please follow on that because why not? It'll help us out. Yeah, do yeah. it. Peace.